Hi, and welcome to another episode of the European Tours Life on Tour podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Porter, and today we're talking with a two-time European Tour champion. He's a former Sir Henry Cotton Rookie of the Year winner. That man is Shabanka Sharma. Welcome to the podcast, Shabanka. Thanks for having me, Ewan. Uh, it's great to be here, and uh, it should be a fun chat. Well, where can we find you? It's uh, I know I'm currently in Sydney. It's 8 p.m. here, and I believe you're in the UK somewhere, so it's got to be 11 a.m. over there. Where, where are you? I know you played the Scottish Open last week. Yes, I'm in Ascot, which is just outside London. Um, I have a friend who stays here, so I mostly come here and stay with him between tournaments. Uh, I'm going to be here till Sunday before I push off to Wales for, for the tournament in Celtic Manor. Well, look, as we do with uh, most of our guests on the Life on Tour podcast, we like to take a little uh, dive back into your history and, uh, and, and your childhood and your life story. And uh, for yourself, growing up in Jammu, I believe, in, uh, in India, what are, what are some of your memories and, and fondest memories uh, of your childhood there and growing up? Yeah, you've done your research. Uh, I actually originally belonged to this place called Jammu, which is north of India. But I uh, never stayed there. My dad was in the Indian Army, so pretty much moved around every two years. Dad used to get posted to a different place and we used to just pack our bags and and move. So I think that kind of prepared me for tour life <laughs> at a very young age. So uh, yeah, stayed stayed all around India. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I started playing golf when I was uh, in 2002. I was about six years old. Um, and uh, I don't know if you know the story. It's a very interesting story. Uh, got into it because of Anur Lehri, who's another player who plays on the PGA Tour. He's he's one of the European Tour and he's a full-time member on the on the PGA Tour now. Uh, this was when my sister was born in, in 2002 and uh, she was a premature baby. And uh, the doctor at that time uh, was Anur father uh, in a small town called Wellington, which is uh, south of India. That's where my dad was posted at that time. And Anirban obviously is older to me and at that time was doing great in the junior ranks in India. And, uh, you know, that's when his, his father told my father to put me into golf. And, uh, you know, that's how I started playing golf. It was just coincidence. And, uh, you know, that's how I started and just kept on going from there. Wow, it's quite fascinating. And I mean, did, did, did am I right in saying that you and your father also started playing golf right around the same time as well? Is that correct? Yeah, we played. We started playing together because we... Didn't we didn't really have any golfing history in the family? No one played golf. Uh, you know, Dad obviously was a sports fan, uh, and we used to wake up every day to watch, especially the India Australia series. It used to be early in the morning. Cricket was big in India, so we used to do that a lot growing up, and you know, we used to watch all the other sports. But golf was never on the radar, and uh, yeah. So, like I said, when when my sister was born, we used to go every day to the hospital. And at that time, Anirban's dad told my dad to, you know, start playing golf and maybe put me into golf as well. So I still remember dad bought a second second-hand car at that time. And the guy who was selling the car was also selling a ladies' golf set. Uh, so dad bought that golf set and, uh, you know, we used to ride in the car, go to the golf course and I used to tag along. And I really enjoyed going with him. And in the first few days, I just wanted to go out and, you know, walk walk the golf course it used to be very green and nice and something that was uh that that you wouldn't really see normally you know on a cricket field or, or playing football with friends this was just a huge expanse of land and you know that really attracted me uh you know being close to the nature didn't really know much about the sport then but that really attracted me and uh dad started playing and 
we spoke to the local pro there and he made me a cut down to iron uh, probably the toughest club to start playing golf with but that was my first club and uh, and yeah off we off we went and started playing well it's quite a unique story and i mean i know golf can be an expensive sport to play in india so how were you able to to keep playing and, and keep enjoying it as a junior as a as a youngster starting out yeah so um golf is not the most easily accessible sport in india uh but i was i was very fortunate that my dad was in the army and uh, i basically at every place that he was posted at uh the the cantonment that we used to stay in had a golf course of their own uh so i was very lucky that i had access to a golf course everywhere i went and uh yeah so it was uh, in in that aspect i was really lucky that i had a golf course everywhere i could just go and practice every day after school well you had a a pretty rapid rise through the junior ranks there in India and you became the number one junior golfer in the country and then at the age of 16 won the Indian amateur title turned pro not long after that was that part of the plan was that always going to be the case for you to turn pro so young uh no not really uh that was actually never the plan um i remember when i was i was a junior i was playing the under 15s at india and i was playing well enough i had won a few events at india and had uh, represented india abroad um i remember just shy of turning 16 uh, i think i played i played a few pro events as an amateur in india and i finished top 10 in both of them and i was i was really happy uh, that i could go and compete with with the professionals and you know uh, you know i i had the game to go and go and finish up high um uh, so that was really reassuring to me and uh, yeah and after that i won the all india amateur and i was pretty young when i won i was like like you said 16 and i turned pro right after that's you know that's when we kind of thought we had different options i could have gone to college in the us but i just felt like turning pro would give me a lot more experience uh, especially playing on the indian tour and rising through the ranks and you know then playing in asia and, and in europe i I'd, i'd learn a lot more by doing that then just going to college and coming back and then starting again so uh, that we just it just happened i never planned for it but uh, we just made the decision and went along with it so i'm going to make myself feel really old here you said you started playing golf uh, around 2002 2003 that was right around when i um, when i first joined the asian tour <laughs> and back then on the asian tour you had you know you had jyoti randawa arjun yeah. atwar uh, jeev milka singh i mean they they were the godfathers of indian golf really Absolutely. and then shiv kapoor came along not long after after them True. i admired those guys i looked up to those guys uh, what about yourself and the young indians coming through they must have been a, a real you know source of uh, inspiration for you absolutely uh, to be honest uh, when i started playing i knew nothing about golf so 2002 i didn't even know that these names existed in india uh i just discovered golf for the first time and i was really happy about it uh obviously when i started playing a lot more about a year or two in you know I, there wasn't there was no social media at that time no phones and stuff you just switch on the tv and there was not much golf coverage on tv as well in india so uh any news that we got was from magazines or the golf digest which we used to get which i used to wait for every month uh but yeah when when i started playing junior golf uh, that's when i got to know other you know kids my age all over india playing on the circuit uh, that's when i got to know more about it and you know when i started reading more and interacting with them that's when i got to know who jyoti randhawa was or jeevan kasing was and obviously I've, i've looked up to them ever since 
2005, uh, United member used to go for all the big events that used to happen in India. Used to have the Indian Open, uh, which is obviously now a European tour event. It was it was a standalone Asian tour event back then. Uh, so you know, going to those events used to be the highlight of the year for me. Just going and watching those players, and uh, you know, it used to fill me up with a lot of pride just to see Indian players playing in a big field like that and competing. I mean, Jyoti was contending at that time. He was obviously number one in Asia, but he was playing great in Europe. Jeev obviously had won in Europe, and Shiv was doing great, and you know all of these guys were fantastic, and there was the fantastic people you could approach them and talk to them, and they were very very nice, and you know they wanted to help and share their knowledge, and uh, it was absolutely great. Yeah, you mentioned the the Indian Open being a European tour event. It has been for many years. Prior to that, I know the Johnny Walker Classic took place in India for quite a while as well. Yeah. Uh, with the Indian Open, I, look, I, I know. Myself being an Australian as a as a junior, I mean, standing on the on the putting green with the other juniors as a kid, outside of the four major championships, the putting green, the the, the putt that you'd have to win was typically for the Australian Open. If it wasn't for a major, it was for the Australian Open. Is that how you and and the other Indians viewed the Indian Open as a junior? Was it the fifth major for you? Absolutely, uh, I think it's every. Uh, Indian junior golfers or amateur golfers dream to win the Indian Open. Uh, you know, to win in front of the home crowd. Uh, I think that's that's a great feeling. Uh, and I've, I've had a chance once. I was leading after three days in 2018. Couldn't finish it off. But I'm sure I'll get many more chances in the future and would love to win the Indian Open. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, we used to have numerous putting competitions with, with the winner trying to hole apart for the Indian Open. And uh, funny, funny enough, when I used to actually go for these events, my number one goal used to be to collect golf balls. Golf balls, obviously, in India used to be very, 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 very expensive. So, uh, you know, I used to just go for these events, watch all the players. When I was done with watching all of them, I used to just sit on the 18th green and wait for players to come in and, you know, just congratulate them for their good round or just whatever they did and just ask for a ball. And I used to go home with like 40, 50 golf balls and I used to be so happy. Uh, the best is when I tell these stories to all the players that I've gotten their balls from. It's uh, it's quite quite funny. I once told Adam Scott about it. He like he finished one of the holes and he had a ball in his hand and he was very angry and threw it towards the bushes and I ran, dashed towards the bushes and got that ball. And everyone in the gallery started laughing. So I met him two years ago and I told him the story and he was quite quite happy. So, uh, so many of these stories, but yeah. All these events were huge for us, just to go there, watch these players, collect balls, and then, you know, dream to one day be in their position competing for that event. There's going to be a lot of listeners who are in complete disbelief of what you just said. Adam Scott was angry. That's uh, I know during lockdown last year, I was lucky enough to play a few games of golf with him up in uh, up in Queensland, and yeah, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen him angry on the golf course either, but um, I'll take your word for it. Look, I'll, I'm going to come back to that um, 2018 Indian Open in a minute, but uh, not long after you turned professional on the professional golf tour of India, you, you managed to uh, notch a victory and then you went on to win six times on the professional golf tour of India. You played the Asian tour between 2015 and, and 2017. Look, I, I know myself having played the Asian tour that – there is a there's a certain cultural barrier there that you've got to overcome quite regularly traveling from country to country and you know certainly dealing with different languages as a teenager for for you how difficult was it it wasn't that tough uh it's uh 
agent or actually now that I've been playing on the European tour for three years, it actually feels like home. Uh, I still, you know, remember the, the good old days on the Asian tour. I remember when I first came out on tour, uh, I obviously played a few events on the Asian tour and played a lot of events on the on the ADT tour, which is the development tour there. And I was chatting with Johannes Veerman, who's playing great now. He's, he finished top 10 last week and then finished third in, in the Irish Open. And we pretty much grew up together playing on the Asian development tour and we were reminiscing on those days and, you know, how good they used to be and you know, traveling from different countries uh, and just eating different food and, and stuff. It was actually a lot of fun. And Asian tour was like family. We had so many Indian players there. They were all looking out for each other. You'd finish rounds and just sit in the lounge and wait for your friends to come in and have lunch together or practice together or help you with your swing. And, you know, dinners were always full of joy and laughter. So, it was actually a breeze. The Asian tour was amazing. And I was getting to play all these great golf courses and stuff. And uh, the travel was obviously slightly different. But I think I settled really well in it. Um, it didn't take me a long time in understanding uh, that and getting used to it and accommodating to that. And once I did that, I, I played pretty well in 20, 2016, I think was my first season. 2015, I think I missed, missed my card. But 2016 was my first season. Played played pretty good and played played decent in 17 as well and then made it onto the European Tour. So I quite missed those days. They were amazing. And, you know, a lot of my friends still play there. But it was it was great times. Well, 2017 was the year that things really changed for you. You were actually one of three Indian players that year to finish top 10 on the Asian Tour Order of Merit. And then in December 2017, you won the Joburg Open, which was co-sanctioned with the European Tour. But before I get into that win, the uh, story goes, as far as I'm aware, that you were close to not even going that week. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, it was late in the year. It was December and we'd had a long season. And uh, the week before that was Mauritius and my whole family was there. And I had a decent week there. I think I finished top 30, top top 25. And I was pretty happy. I'd had a good season in the Asian Tour. And uh, I, I remember having this chat with my dad and telling him that you know, I'm just tired. I've just played a lot this year. And maybe we should just go back home. And, you know, dad, uh, was, you know, all throughout my career, he's he's been the motivator. He's always been the person who's given me that sit down talk that this is what you need to do. And then just totally changes my perspective. And he was like, you know, you were, you're only an hour or hour and a half away from Joburg. Uh, why don't you just take a flight and go? It's it's only it's only a couple of hours. Just go and, and just play. Just go have fun. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. So I just ended up going. I didn't have my caddy with me. So I just got a local caddy, uh, didn't even play the whole practice round. One day got washed out, so only played 18 holes. And the other course, I just played nine, so couldn't really get all 20, all 36 in. But uh, yeah, it all worked out. I'm glad I went. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a great four days uh, and uh, I was just in the zone that week and everything worked out and it changed my life after that. Yeah, it certainly did, and that momentum continued. But it, it, there in Joburg, you mentioned the inclement weather in the practice rounds. That actually continued throughout the week. And your first three rounds, you shot 69, 61, 65, held a five-shot lead going into the final round. Unfortunately, that final day on Sunday, you only got to play eight holes before it was washed out again. Came back Monday, parred the final 10 holes to win by three strokes, how hard was it to to sleep on the lead for not just one night but multiple nights, knowing what was at stake and how potentially career changing it, it could be for you? It was it was the hardest on Sunday night. 
the weeks the the days before that actually were pretty pretty calm and chill i was i had a routine i just come back stretch walk to the mall go and have my indian curry and rice and come back and sleep i was just very happy doing my thing i was rooming with johannes that week so we used to have a lot of chats about different stuff about the swing and it was it was a lot of fun and when i woke up on sunday i was really prepared to go and play well and and finish the job and i started off fantastic and i was really in the zone and unfortunately we had to stop so sunday night was tough because i had to just regroup and tell myself that i had still have 10 holes tomorrow and and i'm playing well i just need to do what i will doing uh so sunday night i did wake up a few times in the night it was raining all night so it was just uh not the easiest of nights for me but again i just when i got to the golf course i was calm again and uh, like, like i said i parred all 10 holes in the end it's never easy to par all the holes when you are especially especially when you're leading so i think i did a great job and uh, it was it was great it was just a great feeling when i when i hold that small part on the last two in the tournament and uh, had the whole monday to myself so i just kind of took it all in walked around joburg went to a few places and it was life changing tell me you thanked your dad for uh, t- talking you into going there right i did absolutely absolutely and <laughs> uh spoke to dad right after and he was obviously very happy and uh, uh yeah it was it was a great feeling it was it was amazing well you became the fifth indian player to win on the european tour and then a couple of months later, uh, claimed your second European Tour title at the Maybank Championship. I mentioned you had a five-shot lead going into the final round in South Africa. You were four behind going into the final round at the Maybank in Malaysia. Went on to shoot a bogey-free 10 under par 62 to win by two. Uh, obviously, two very different positions going into the final round, but having that victory under your belt, that must have given you a huge shot of confidence, especially when you were really in contention there on Sunday in Malaysia. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Ewan, it's, golf is such a game of confidence and momentum. Uh, obviously, when I won in, uh, in Joburg, that gave me a lot of momentum going into the next season. And uh, actually, it was the same season going to the next year. And, uh, you know, when I went and played Abu Dhabi, I was just starstruck. I was just happy that I'm in the same field as all these big names, Justin Rose, Hendrik, Rory, and all these guys were there and I was just stoked about it. And then I played Dubai and then came to Malaysia. And again, it's a good story. I was actually not feeling too well when I went to, when I got to Malaysia. I was feeling a bit sick. Um, obviously, I had a good, decent start to the week and played well on the third day, played with Hendrik and shot 60, 66 and shot 600. So I was pretty happy about it. And on the last day, all I was thinking was, uh, I just want to shoot a good round and finish in the top 10 because I think I deserve that. And I just want to go home. I'm just tired because uh, I was sick through Dubai and, and the weather in Malaysia doesn't help either with that much humidity and, and uh, you know, you know going out there and you're just soaked, soaking wet 20 minutes into your rain session. So it, I was just hoping that I just finish well. And uh, again, you know, things just worked out. I just started off great on Sunday and then I never really looked at the leaderboard. I just told myself just try and make as many birdies as possible and when I actually did uh, see the leaderboard I think after 13 holes I saw I was like a shot ahead and when I saw the leaderboard again after 16 I saw I was two shots ahead or probably a shot ahead or two shots ahead and then finished birdie birdie uh, so yeah I just <laughs> I played great golf and uh, all that momentum from Joburg obviously carried forward to Malaysia and again that that was truly uh like like the game changer for me because that got me into all the majors and got me into the big leagues, got me invited to the Masters. Uh, so, yeah, that pretty much changed everything. 
where you went to Mexico to play in the WGC Championship at the end of February in 2018. That was the first PGA Tour event that you'd ever played. And you held the 54-hole lead there. So, I mean, outside of the PGA Tour, outside of, of the US, everyone was familiar with who you were at that point. But obviously, you got thrust into the, the global limelight leading after 54 holes there. But that week, uh, again, from what I understand, got, got off to a, a pretty interesting start because one of your idols, Phil Mickelson, you actually had a, a little bit of an interesting experience uh, with him, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, on the third day, actually, this was during the week. Um, I was leading, obviously, after two days. And on the third day, I had about an hour and a half to my tea time. And uh, I first went to the putting green and I was hitting a few putts. And obviously, grown up watching Phil Mickelson. Uh, he's an absolute legend. And uh, he was just putting there. And I think he was about to tee off in the next 10-15 minutes. He was doing some drills on the putting green. And I just thought I'll go and say hi. Uh, so I just went up to him and said, Mr. Mickelson, uh, it's nice to meet you. And he just turned back and basically, he basically thought that I was a media person who had just jumped the rope. And he just said, not right now, we'll do it later. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right. So I just went away and started putting. And obviously he realized in the next five, 10 seconds that, you know, I was actually playing and leading. So he just came up to me and said, I'm so sorry. I just was in the zone. Great playing till now. And I hope you have a great day. So he was he was a true gentleman about it, but it was obviously a good story. Uh, so after the third round, I was still leading, and they asked me about this in the in the media center, and it just the story just blew up. But uh, absolutely love Phil. You know, I know it was just a genuine mistake, and you know, he's obviously what he did this year, winning the PGA. It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it certainly is winning that at the age of fifty, and, and I know you both have a shared love of meditation as well. And it was very, it was very evident coming down the stretch at Kiowa when he won the PGA Championship, just how much he was relying on those techniques. Is it something that you've spoken to him about, and how much has it benefit, benefited you in your career? I haven't really spoken to him about it, uh, but uh, personally, yes, it has benefited me a lot. Uh, I, I just feel it's meditation is not something that. You need to do only for golf. I think it's just a good practice for life for anyone in a high stress job or even even normal people. You know, just kind of concentrating on your breath and just dissociating from your mind every day for for a few minutes really helps in in putting a different perspective. Uh, and uh, I think that is something that you know that just came very naturally to me and in my family because this this is something that we grew up with. My my mom is like big into meditation ever since we were kids we were just uh, we had to go and sit in the temple and do some meditation every day so it just came very naturally to us and good thing that I play golf could it, it really helps in golf uh, especially in, in press, pressure situations you really when 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 you really need to pull off a certain shot you just really have to be in the zone and and be in the present and I think meditation the basis of meditation is just being in the present and in trying to do your best at that moment staying in the now so yeah it, it's great and obviously i won't i would want to do more of it uh, i don't think i've been doing it as much as i should but uh I'll do some of it this week and hopefully it helps me in the coming few weeks uh that event in mexico the wgc championship held the 54 hole lead ended up finishing tied for ninth and you, you mentioned how you went from malaysia back to india you're in south africa abu dhabi Going to Mexico, I mean, all, all of this travel, there was jet lag involved, different cultures, uh, time zones involved. But in particular there in Mexico, 
That golf course is extremely tight. It's 7,000 feet above sea level. How were you able to adapt so quickly to such a challenge? Uh, we just we just had a good prep on, uh, I think we got there on Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, three days, gave us enough time to prep well for the event. And uh, yeah, we just calculated all the yardages and how far the ball was going and different percentages and how how far the ball was going in the morning as opposed to how far it would go in the afternoon when it was really hot. Uh, so we, we just did all of that and my iron control that week was great. So I could just really adjust and understand how far the ball was going. And uh, fortunately, the golf course was set up in a way uh, that really suited my eye. It was a tree-lined golf course, something that was pretty normal for us back home in India and even in Asia growing up. Uh, you know, we, we grew up playing tree-lined golf courses, so it was really easy for me to kind of see my way through the golf course and see a good score there. And uh, yeah, I thought I played great that week. I obviously was a bit inexperienced on day four going there. There was obviously a lot of pressure, but I still still feel I played great and it was just it was just a great experience just to be a part of it. Well, not long after that, you, you referenced that you played all the majors in 2018. How emotional was it when you received that invitation to play the Masters, knowing that you'd be making that drive up Magnolia Lane? That must have been incredible. It was. It was. So this is right after Mexico. Sunday is when Mexico finished. Sunday, we took a flight to JFK. Monday afternoon was my flight from JFK to New Delhi. So I landed in New Delhi Monday night and I straight went to a friend's house and uh, I had my coach with me. who's a great friend, played on the Asian tour. You might know him. His name is Gurbaz Man. Yeah. Uh, he, yes, you know Gurbaz. Yeah. He played in, in about that time when you were there on tour. So he was there with me. So we, yeah. we, He's old like me. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he was there with me. He carried for me in uh, in Mexico. So we came back and we were at a friend's house and we were just chilling and we were pretty happy. That's when I got a call from, from the Masters uh, Committee from Mr. Buzzy Johnson. And I got a call. I just went out into the balcony and he said, you know, great playing till now. And we would like to extend you an invite to the Masters. And, uh, you know, obviously it was uh, it was great. I first called my dad. Actually, my dad kind of knew about it because he said, you're going to get a call. Because uh, obviously I was at the flight at that time and he would have been informed by someone. So I called him. I was really happy. And then I came and told all my friends and obviously they were happy. So we had like a small party that night and uh, everyone was just stoked. Uh, you know, it, it was my dream to play the Masters and uh, didn't really expect that at that time. I was just trying to play well just to get into the Masters uh, before the deadline and I thought I had to play great in the Indian Open to make it. And yeah, I just I got the invite and it was just fantastic. It just, there was this burden lifted off my shoulder and I was like, yeah, I'm in it now so I can just enjoy uh, the Indian Open and play the next few events uh, with ease and we'll just head to Magnolia Lane later. Well, when you went back to the Indian Open, uh, to play the Indian Open, that's when you mentioned earlier you were tied for the lead after 54 holes with Matt Wallace, who ended up winning the event. But what was the reception like for you when, when you landed there and when you were playing that week? You must you must have been a god to the uh, to the Indian fans. It was great. I got a lot of support. It was actually the same week. So Monday is when I got my Masters invite. Tuesday I went and played the practice round. Wednesday was the pro am, and uh, yeah, I, a lot of people came to watch, and I was that was really heartening to see so many kids come up and uh, and say that you know we we watched you play in Mexico and we were so happy to see you, and so many parents coming up and asking me questions about how they should put their kid into golf, and it was great. Like I said, you know, growing up. Uh, 
going to the Indian Open and I I could see myself in their shoes going and interacting with Jyoti Ji and you know uh, Arjun and all of these guys Anirban used to follow them and ask them questions and now kids were coming up to me so there was a bit of a role reversal there and I was really happy to give my piece of advice to them and uh, I I had a I had a lot of support I had a good event there as well I was leading after three days shot the course record on day two so uh, you know it was it was fun and. uh it was just a great week first getting the masters invite and then being in contention for your national open on on sunday uh it was it was a lot your first four major championships that you played were were the four major championships in in 2018 and there's some pretty pretty awesome venues that year i remember seeing you uh that week at shinnecock and then carnoustie and then bell reeve for the pga championship augusta obviously for the masters what what are you what are some of your memories from the majors that year that really stick out all four majors were just uh, special they were just uh, obviously masters was my first um and uh, yeah i remember landing at the at the airport in augusta and uh, my whole family had already gotten there because i came there after playing the houston open so i landed and they had all of these mercedes benz suvs standing for every player so they gave me one of the keys and i was really happy wow got an suv but that airport is absolutely empty like there's no one it's like a private airport so it's not like you have people all around took me about 20 minutes to figure out how to start the car <laughs> <laughs> so i did figure that out <laughs> did figure that out and then i started driving uh, i had the address of my of my of the house that we rented for the week So I get out on the intersection. I take a left, and in India, you drive on the left side of the road. And for some reason, I was reason, just going to ask that. <laughs> exactly, and no, I'd driven. I'd driven in America before, but at that time, I was just happy, and my mind was just lost. And subconsciously, I just went straight and took a left. As soon as I got on the intersection, took a left, left, and started driving on the left side of the road. Drove for about a hundred meters, and then I saw a car coming right at me. And I was like, "This seems <laughs> rather unusual." And then I just. figured that obviously this is the wrong side of the road so just took a right and went on the right side so that's how my masters week started and uh, yeah after that I kind of understood i have to drive on the right side of the road uh, for uh, my dad to let me drive on the magnolia lane because i wasn't going to miss that uh, so yeah it just uh, it was just a great week uh, masters was obviously the magnolia lane the players the patrons the golf course itself uh, it's just an experience the par 3 contest with my dad and my sister being on the bag augusta was was absolutely special and i can't wait to actually qualify again and go and play there because i think i just feel it's it's a golf course that really suits me i really struggled with my putting that week i hadn't really played on greens that fast and that slopey ever so uh, but i i truly believe the way the golf course is set up i really like it and i and i'm i'm sure i'll go again and and give myself another chance at at playing and competing there uh The Open was the first tournament that I qualified for after winning the Joburg Open. Uh, Carnoustie was was a stern test, and uh, I was it was the week of my birthday, and uh, I was really happy that I made the cut. Played great golf on the back nine on Friday to to make it into the weekend, and yeah, it was just special. The Open Championship is it is the Open. You end up you know you grow up watching it and growing up in India watching it. uh it it was always very very close to my heart and uh, there's so much history involved with the open so i was really happy the way i played there and made the cut us open i had to go and qualify uh in in america and i qualified for it and played and shinnecock was a stern test uh 
uh, unfortunately missed the cut four putt at the last that's how tough the greens were to miss the cut so that was that was heartbreaking but you know that's how us opens are it was it was a great test and then belly was again again fantastic just just the crowds and you know i was bunched between i think it was tiger rory and justin thomas playing right behind me i was phil jason day and adam scott i think playing right in front of me and we were bunched right in between first uh, you know it was my first experience of kind of playing in a group in front of tiger and and seeing how you have to alter your uh, not your game plan but how how much time you take on every shot because you have to consider and factor in when tiger's actually playing because as soon as he as he hits there's like a huge roar and you might have to back off so the caddy's always looking out for that uh, i've never seen so many people in my life on a golf course it was just thousands and thousands of people so that was a great experience as well so like i said 2018 was just amazing with with everything that happened uh, it was a lot of travel uh, played like i said i played three different tours but it just gave me so much experience and and i learned so much and i was a better player after that You said when you played Mexico, playing a, a tree-lined golf course was something you were accustomed to growing up in India. Out of the major championships, the Open Championship has actually been the one where you've had the most most success. Made the cut in twenty eighteen and again at Portrush in twenty nineteen. So, what is it about the the link style of golf that um, that that you like? It's it's just different, and uh, you know, if I had to want if if I had to win a major, it had it will be the Open. uh it's just you know i've always admired the way uh, players navigate themselves on on uh, on the golf course at the open championship uh, the different test that uh, different test that it offers throughout the day the conditions change the golf course plays totally different in the morning to what it plays in the afternoon i don't think any other major championship is like that uh and you know you just have to find something deep inside you to go and play and you have to be very creative you have to have a lot of different shots and see different shots uh, in the air and how to curve the ball where to land it see different bounces and how you putt and you know you can have a 100 footer on on a hole which is you know where you would normally chip if you're playing in america so it's it's just very very different it's a different style of play and honestly I, my game wasn't ready uh, i would say 4 5 years ago i didn't i had no clue how to play links golf because when i first got there it was cold it was windy raining uh i just couldn't swing in wearing four layers of golf clothes so it was just uh it was just a very different experience for me but uh over time i've gained experience i've learned how to how to how to play and how to swing and understand how to keep the ball low in 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 the wind and curve the ball in different directions and how to play so it's just uh just with experience i've learned more in this uh, like i said if there was one major I, i wanted to win it had to be the open so it was just i just put in all my mental energies towards those two weeks when i played in carnoustie and 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 portrush and i had great groupings the first tournament i played with sergio and bryson and uh, in portrush i was paired with brooks kepka who was the world number one then in louis stays and so it was just a lot happening and uh, I, i thought i played 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 great golf with, with everything that happened could have played better on the weekend on both the events but uh the open is just special so it just brings out something different in me where i feel like i need to perform better and i need to go and play and, and fight it out well 2019 was uh, still a pretty good year for you no wins but you had three top 10s just outside the the top 60 at the end of the year on the race to dubai uh just a few weeks ago you finished top 10 at the made in denmark and that was your first top 10 since turkey in yep. 2019 what 
what do you, I mean, what do you think happened in that interim in, in between and what turned things around for you in uh, in Denmark? Yeah, it's just been uh, the last two years have been kind of slow for me. 2020 obviously started off and decently and, you know, we were really looking forward to so many events happening, but obviously we were hit by the pandemic and everything changed after that. And uh, when I came back out last year after July, it was, you know, just resetting and getting into the tour life. Tour life was very different with the whole bubble system. Couldn't really go out. So missing cuts in the bubble wasn't fun at all because you, you couldn't really go out anywhere. You miss a cut, you sit indoors, you think about what went wrong. You can't really take your mind off of the golf course. You're staying at the golf course. So I struggled a little bit last year with that. Uh, but found my game a little bit towards the end. Played decent in the Rolex Series events last year. And this year again has been very up and down. Uh, in, the, in the beginning, I had a few top 20, top top 30s, top 25s, 120, top 25s. And uh, now, obviously, Denmark was great. I just... I made less bogeys that week. I just figured I've been making a lot of birdies, but just been dropping a lot of shots. Went bogey-free on the weekend there to finish finish in the top 10. But a lot has been going on. Uh, just been working a lot in the swing and you know, being being away from home for a long time. Just with this whole uh, whole pandemic, it just it's just very tough for a lot of the players from India to you know go back home because of the whole problems back home. And it's just travel is absolutely. Uh, tough for, for tough for us and even for the Australians as well uh, you know it's just very tough for them to go back home right now and once you come out you're out for a long haul uh, same for me I haven't been home in three months and I don't think I'll go home at the till the end of October so it's just it's just very different in getting used to that and still being fresh every week and going and playing uh, but but I still feel a lot a lot of good things are uh, are coming my way I'm playing great I just need to put in a few good rounds together and I'm hoping it happens uh, in Wales and I can continue that form and momentum uh, going into the rest of the season. Well, you said you probably won't go home until October. Do you do you have a base in the UK or do you have friends that you can stay with to uh, you know to help alleviate some of that pressure in the weeks off? I have a family who who I stay with in Ascot. This is where I am right now. And they have been great. I've been going I've been coming to them since last year uh, in 2020 as well when I was playing events and I had some time off. I'd just come here and crash and do my laundry and get some good Indian food and then push off again. And I've just been doing that this year as well. And they've been absolutely great. Uh, so this is like my base. This is my home away from home. Uh, so this is where I am this week. And then I have about four or five weeks on the road and then I'll probably be back again. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it would have been really tough for me to manage if it wasn't for, for, for my home here in Ascot. And I'm really grateful for that. Well, you mentioned Indian food. Uh, I mean, traveling on tour for 25, 30 weeks a year, it can be hard to it can be hard to keep a good diet and eat well at the best of times, but especially during the pandemic. And from what I understand, you have a pretty strict diet um, as well, or you follow a pretty you know strict strict diet. How tough has that been? Well, actually, I was talking to a friend a few days ago. I was like, one of the food review companies can hire me because I pretty much know every Indian good Indian restaurant in every city that I've been to. But that's my first thing. I get to a place, I go on Google, and I'm like, best Indian restaurants around me. And I'd be there Monday Monday evening or Tuesday, Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening. And if I like it, I'll go there every day. Well, so You shouldn't have a problem in England. I don't have a problem in England. <laughs> they love they love their curry here. So England is not a problem. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun searching for Indian restaurants in China or Korea. 
because that <laughs> that becomes really tough but i've done that as well so uh yeah it's uh, i'm a vegetarian as well so it's indian food suits me really well and that's where most of the options are for me so i try and find indian food it just it's just comforting and feels like home food so i try and find it everywhere uh obviously the bubble last year wasn't easy because you couldn't really get the food that you needed so pretty much confined to what you were getting in the hotel so it was mostly pastas and pizzas for me which which is all right but yeah i do i do try and follow a strict diet as much as possible um and this year has been easier cuz it hasn't been they haven't been so stringent with the bubble as they were last year so you can order in food and uh and uh, obviously i've keep buying some supplements when i'm on the road uh so yeah food wise i've not struggled at all but yes when i when i did come come out on tour first uh in in europe it was slightly different for me uh and this is my third fourth year now so i've gotten more used to it now Well, when the pandemic hit in March 2020, everybody had three or four months off before they before the tour resumed resumed in June or July last year. I did read a couple of articles about how you were playing quite a bit of cricket when you went back home uh, to to India. Not just the cricket part, but how how nice, how refreshing was it to be able to get away from golf, which it can get a bit monotonous week in week out and get pretty hectic so to be able to recharge the battery spend time with your family do the things you loved which you'd probably refrained from a lot of them since childhood as had many people uh, that must have been nice to be able to do that yeah it was it was uh, i spent about 3 months 2 to 3 2 to 3 months back home and i don't think ever since i've turned professional i've done that uh, so it was it was good time uh, to be at home and just you know not having to worry about going and playing a golf tournament or worrying about going and practicing and working on some swing issue it was just staying at home and doing normal stuff just hanging out with my sister you know going and chatting with my mom and my dad and uh, it was it was good family time which i don't think i'll get that time again if i'm still playing professional golf for the, for the rest of my life so uh, it was great and we obviously did play cricket as you saw and in, in our driveway uh, so that that used to be a lot of fun in the evenings we used to play cricket and then when the lockdown eased a little bit i had a small park right in front of my house so i used to go and chip there it was like a 50 yard park so i used to go and chip and uh, hit the hit a few pitches there so that's how i spent my time in the lockdown and you know it was it was really nice worked out a lot and it was actually a great time i pretty much enjoyed it Well right now you've got one of your good friends uh, Lyle Phillips caddying for you. Tell me how that relationship came to be. Yeah, Lyle Lyle's been great. He's been caddying for me. We just started actually. Uh yeah, just my 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 caddy who's back home is not was not able to come out and uh, uh you know he had visa visa issues and obviously India got red listed because all the cases there so he couldn't come out and and caddy so uh that's when lyle was free and i approached lyle and lyle's been great on the bag we've done about four events now and uh yeah, we, i think we are forming a good bond and uh yeah he's great he's he's closer to my age i think he's 27 uh so yeah, we obviously have a lot of things to talk about and good energies on and off the golf course so it's it's a lot of fun look i know golfers are the envy of many and and you know i know very well that the the lifestyle is not all glitz and glamour it's not at times all it's cracked up to be but you know given that a lot of people listening will have heard that you you've traveled all around the world and playing on different continents what are, what have you some of your favorite travel memories and and places to visit when you're out there playing on tour uh 
last week edinburgh is probably my most favorite town in 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 the whole of europe i just absolutely love the whole whole vibe of the town and it's i know it can get cold uh and and dingy sometimes but we we had pretty good weather last week uh, and i just absolutely love going in town and walking around and seeing all the old buildings there and just the whole, just the way the whole town is set up i um think last year was the first time when i last the last year was the first time when i visited it properly and i just fell in love with it so edinburgh is great in europe i love rome uh haven't been back there since 2019 uh, i played well there so that helped as well uh so yeah i absolutely love rome and uh so many places actually it's just hard to pick obviously the last two two years we haven't been able to go out and see much because of the whole bubble even now we are not allowed to uh but uh yeah mostly playing 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 professional golf is a lot of fun because uh, once you if you can dissociate from your game and not get it back into your room it's a lot of fun uh but we all know it's not not that easy uh, sometimes but when when things are going your way and you're playing decent it uh, you know you leave your game on the golf course you come back uh and there's just a lot to enjoy you walk around the different restaurants you go to asia obviously is a lot of fun even you know you've played there thailand is a lot of fun and you know uh, some great golf courses there great food there uh uh you know it's just uh, bali is, is is great and you know the the whole asian tour experience is is very different to europe and it's just i did that for 3 years 4 years it, it's just a lot of a lot of good friendly vibes everyone's going in the bus to the golf course uh, great food great people uh, asia is great europe is great america is obviously very very different uh, and it's just a lot more people you feel like you're playing on the big stage many many more people following you um and all the events with all the all the staff there and all the camaraderie and everything that you get uh on tour it's it's great and uh, uh yeah it's just very very different tours but the good thing is that you you know at a at a very young age i could experience all of that uh i got to make so many friends all around the world that wouldn't have happened if i was any other in any other profession and and not not obviously at at this young an age uh, golf gives me that outlet to go and make so many friends experience different cultures eat different types of food even though i try and find an indian restaurant everywhere but i still still go and try out the local cuisine and yeah i think it's a great life and you know i don't think i would have done anything anything other than what i've done till now or changed anything that's happened till now Oh look, homesickness, loneliness, burnout—they're all real things, and and they can all come with being a professional golfer. Are you still as in love with the game as as you've ever been? I'm still in love with it, that's for sure. But like you mentioned, all all the things that you just mentioned, it it still affects you. I mean, uh, there are weeks when you're not playing well and you're missing home, and there are weeks where you don't love the game as much as you would want to. Uh, but but i still love it you know that's the reason i wake up every day i still want to go out there and perform and get better every day and obviously you have weeks where you feel down and you feel why you're doing this especially the last two years with the whole bubble system you can't really go home and you know all my friends are back home in india and before before the pandemic i used to do two or three weeks in europe and then fly back but now it's just long hauls it's just five six months of being out uh, you miss your home you miss your own bed you miss your friends but uh, that is something which you know when you turn professional you no one prepares you for that that is something that you just have to go through and understand that this is part and parcel of the game you have to understand that you're going to miss cuts you're going to feel lonely you're going to feel depressed sometimes but you just can't afford to be crushed by that you have to get up 
next day you have to give yourself a different perspective that's where meditation really helps when you actually keep giving yourself perspective that you know things could have been a lot worse i'm still playing on one of the best tours in the world i still have many tournaments to look forward to and i can actually i can actually make a difference in my game it's all in my own hands i have to just go and perform i just have to go and work at it and if i've done it before there's no reason why i can't do it again so it's just about giving yourself perspective and you know understanding where you are right now in your life and what you need to do and uh, you know like you said you there there are times when you get depressed and that's happened with me as well i know it'll happen again in the future it's just that kind of a game it's not easy traveling from one place to another just pretty much living out of your suitcase but uh you just keep giving yourself perspective you have the right people around you you have the right team supporting you who who talk 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 to you dad obviously has been great dad mom and my sister they we chat pretty much every day and they keep giving me perspective i have great friends back home uh who lift my spirits up when i'm not playing well so you know having a good team around you is is great and uh, i have some good friends on tour as well and there's a lot to share and a lot to talk about so yeah i'm i'm pretty happy about it and uh, till now i'm still in love with the game absolutely i still feel there are big things ahead of me and i'm still playing and working at it yeah well one of your friends anaban lahiri played two presidents cups in 2015 and 2017 you were unlucky to miss out 2019 at royal melbourne i'm assuming that's uh, that's pretty high on the priority list to make that side absolutely absolutely uh there are just so many goals and golf that i have uh, i think every player has obviously making the president's cup team would be great playing all the majors next year would be great and uh i know how quickly things can change in this game it's happened to me before where everything changed for me in 3 months so i'm banking on hitting another such purple patch in the next few months and getting my game to a certain level where i can go and perform in an event and just take the momentum forward to all the different events that i'm going to play later this year so yeah playing the presidents cup would be great uh, playing all the majors would be great and uh, i feel i've made a lot of good strides in my game and i've learned a lot and i'm a much better player than what i was in 2018 and 2019 um and i'm pretty sure i'll see the results soon and uh, it'll all be good by christmas we'll be celebrating probably another win well speaking of celebrating at christmas christmas that's my that's my final i'm not going to say question but that's my final point T20 World Cup cricket later this year Australia is going to be celebrating the victory there over India so how do you feel about that uh, that's not going to happen come on we are a better team <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see how that goes uh i love a bit of cricket banter and we'll we'll see how that goes our, it, our team is pretty good unfortunately we lost in new zealand right now in the in the test series but uh, i feel pretty confident with the way our boys are playing and it should be a good world cup let's see what happens i'll hold you on that if we win i'll definitely call you and i'll pester you about it <laughs> i don't i have i have a feeling that could happen i wish i had more confidence in the australian <laughs> shibanka thank you so much for the chat today and coming on the life on tour podcast uh, you've got a wonderful story you're a great man good luck in the future and uh, look forward thank to seeing you. you back out there uh, on the tour very soon absolutely and thank you so much i uh, hope you have a great day in australia